Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Tane. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to episode eight. We are not quite, but halfway through. How many episodes do we have? Uh, we have 16 regular and then a reunion, something like that. So we're almost halfway. So technically we're halfway with regular episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know, outside is open. So we are recording a little later. So you guys are probably listening to this a little later than you used to. Sorry for everyone whose Friday schedule we ruined. We're only but human. We apologize. (laughs) So we went and did fun things. Tane, where did you go? I went to see John Mayer. How was it? It was pretty good. It's my second time seeing him. And I wasn't so gung-ho, but my husband hadn't seen him and he wanted to. And it was good stuff. He improvised. The only bad thing was this is the third stop of his tour. And he lost his drummer. Not He didn't die or anything. He got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> he got COVID, so he had to scramble. His first stop was in New York in Madison Square garden and they got Questlove for those who don't know he's from the roots and he's the resident in-house in the in-house band for Jimmy Fallon and I was so jealous and then they're like in every article I read they're like oh but he's not making it to the DC stop I'm like great so they improvised and it was still good but imagine what it could have been if he had a drummer and then he told us like you know he woke up and his throat hurts but you know he's just gonna sing anyways and then yesterday we find out that he had COVID so (laughs) (laughs) But you were far enough away that you probably didn't catch it from him. Yeah, I was definitely nowhere close to John Mayer. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, but he was, um, he said this is his second time testing positive in two months and he's double vaxxed. So that's something. I wonder if it's a false positive, but seeing as people in his band are being taken out, I wish him well. But a little part of me is like, dang, it's why our stop. We could have got a drummer. But I really like drums, guys. But yeah, it was fun. What did you do, Aid? I went and saw Hamilton in person. Yay. I'd seen it on Disney Plus. I'd, of course, listened to the soundtrack for years. 
sometimes against my will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really liked seeing it in person. And then um, I went and got the Hamilton book from the library because the first half is really good. The second half, I'm like, I think this would be better as a book. So let me go find the book. <laughs> I I love Broadway shows. Even when I wasn't in the vicinity, I used to fly into New York to go watch shows. Hamilton, of all the hype, is just something I just didn't take to and I didn't want to see. I don't know why, because I love the soundtrack. I do not love Broadway shows. I'm I'm not a fan of what I like <laughs> to call talk singing. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. So Hamilton didn't have very far to clear for me to like it. But it also, there's a little bit of FOMO. There comes a point where you're like, I'm the last person on earth who hasn't seen this show. Let me go. Aid, I have the hugest FOMO you could ever see in life. I don't have it for Hamilton. <laughs> I really don't. And it's the oddest thing. And I don't know why, but yeah. The choreography is well, really good. And I'm much more into dance, I would say. So like the choreography is is actually, I'm, I was a fan. Well... I'm glad for us. I'm glad we got to do fun things. I'm just not ready for winter to be over. Like, can we just get spring, summer, some warmth up You're here? ready for winter to be over then. <laughs> I am. Do we have anything to update the people on? Sure, guys, on Patreon. So two weeks ago, we put up Love is Blind. Last week, we put up, this week, we put up Sister Wives. Next week, we're going to finish out Love is Blind. Like... I'm so happy for you guys, our patrons. Like, you're getting all the stuff because it's so fun for us to record. And I'm hoping it's fun for you to listen to. But this is good stuff. Am I tooting our own horn? A, a little bit, but love is blind, man. Like, <laughs> as I'm watching, I'm like, I cannot wait to talk about this. I, I have know. not watched the finale yet, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Although, there's going to be a reunion. Oh. We'll keep you posted on that. Um, <laughs> I'm just amazed at the shortness of Love is Blind because obviously the whole time I'm comparing it to math same production company a somewhat similar concept but I'm just like dang 10 episodes and we're done did anything even happen <laughs> a lot happened Aid. it's just the memories because even as I was watching um, I've watched the finale and I was watching the weddings and I was like what happened though I watched it last week but it feels like I watched the eons ago <laughs> <laughs> man this world we're living with binging and everything else going on it's a lot but yeah fun so you guys the question of the week is um someone asking us who the worst wife and husband of all time are we could never just limit this to one so we have three tane who is your first worst husband oh my first worst husband was just michael michael from the dc season i don't know <laughs> How he made it, why he applied, what his mind space was, how he got through the psych eval, because this man lied from the beginning. I was like, is your name even Michael at this point? Like, poor Mika. Like, she just had to. But in her case, we actually saw it. It wasn't a case of off camera, we don't know what's going on, and then she's looking crazy. Like, we could see it, and we could absorb it, and his sister confirmed that he just says things to fit in. So <laughs> it was a hot mess. <laughs> Michael always reminds me of the dumbest thing Dr. Viviana has ever said. You need to be a soft place to land for your husband. <laughs> that lying mofo. I was just, Dr. Viviana, please. Mm -mm. Yeah, so he's my first. Um, who is your first? 
Uh, my first is Matt from Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. First off, he was homeless. <laughs> um, which is not, I mean, he did not even really seem to live in Charlotte or anywhere else. So there were so many things disqualifying him for being a husband before he even stepped foot on the show. <laughs> Then he had the audacity to, like, be out, lie, come home, talk about, I'm going to work on this marriage, cheat some more. Like, it was, it was, he was a terrible, terrible husband. And the worst part was that he and Amber, in the beginning, they seemed to be getting along. They had sex. Um, she had put, she thought he was hot. I don't even know if she really liked him. But, yeah, he was a terrible husband. I think the only reason why he didn't make my list was like he tried a little bit. And every time I say that, the scene where he's playing the guitar comes to mind. That was like he after he stayed out all night. I know. He did one <laughs> diddly song. And Because he got mad at her for wanting to invest in his business or to help him financially till he got himself. I was like, what are you mad about exactly? <laughs> uh, but he tried a little. It was fake, but at least he tried. But yeah. Who's your number two husband? Um, my number two, and this is not in any particular order, at least for me, is Zach. Zach, I still don't know why he came because, again, Maps is not the show to go on if you're looking for clouds for 15 minutes. It's a niche audience, and unless you get married, you are not going to get anything out of it. I, was he a model or something? I, I can't remember. He was a fitness trainer, so I think that he did want some of the the fitness trainer likes and follows on Instagram. His Instagram was very thirst bucket, if I recall. Okay. Well, he didn't try. He didn't move into the apartment. He never answered any questions directly. It was all around. He was just a waste of my time on the screen, and he just wasted four Mindy's time. Once again, DC, knocking out the park. So who's yours? My number two is Johnny from Houston. He was just mean. He had a lot of contempt for Bao, and it really shone through. He was way too picky. He, yeah, he he just said some very mean, terrible things. If I could have married anybody else but you, I could, I should have something to that effect. So yeah, Johnny from Houston, terrible husband. That is such a good pick, and the fact that I don't have anyone from Houston, which I think is one of the most not hateful cast but unlikable <laughs> unlikable unlikable cast johnny is a good pick i don't know why he skipped my mind but yeah that's a good one so who's your last husband my last husband is luke luke from philly i oh he just got me riled up just riled up so much that i'm like i am filled with a heavy dislike for this man i do not know like just the whole Telling her not to tell anyone they had sex, you know, crying after sex and then saying like he did nothing wrong. And anybody that tries to make the woman look crazy, not a fan of. Like, I just thought he was a terrible, terrible husband. Um, So who is your final entry as the worst husband? Gil. Ah! <laughs> Once again from Houston. <laughs> it's just, and I think part of the reason why I had to add Gil to this list is because he got and still gets so much internet love, and it so bothers me. This man spent eight weeks trying to put down his wife for having money. Yeah. 
or for being bougie or for being fancy. And then lying. Now we know that he was lying about his own finances while putting her down for, yeah. for her finances. Just a, terrible. And, you know, I'm judgmental about this all the time. He's now all over at b- attending events, being a keynote speaker, whatever the hell. Yeah. I think that bothers me for some reason. It just seems so unlike the Gail that we met that it seems like, mm, who were you really? Oh, I'm not motivated by money. So does that mean yeah. you're motivated by fame? Yeah. Because it seems like you're trying to be famous. Get a little bit of attention and then you become somebody else. So who do you have for your worst wives? Who's your first one up? Alyssa, Alyssa, Alyssa. You're like, giving her a mid-season? Wow, guys, we don't usually do that. <laughs> uh, Alyssa gets an exception. I, I never, but that's true. She's right. She's right. We never talk about like the current season or anything like that, but it, she was so bad that she has to make the list. Like there's nothing. I know people like Virginia are like, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but no. Nah. From what we saw, there's enough delusion for me to make that call. So Alyssa gets my entry. Who has yours? Uh, Christina from New Orleans. She always <laughs> manages to fly under the radar. Because she did try in the beginning. Yes. yes. Um, but nothing can really overcome telling your husband that if he doesn't make you look good, you're going to tell everybody he's gay. Oh, that is true. And that people is do true. so many crappy things on this show that we just forget about it. But Christina has to make the Hall of Fame for that one. That is true. Because I was like, yes, at least she tried. She tried to make conversation. In the beginning, she was like, oh, that's okay. But yes, that is the lowest of the low. Yeah. I also want to note for equality, another homeless one. <laughs> okay. I have Sam from the Atlanta season on the list because she was awful to Neil. I get it. She came around at the end, but the damage was done. So glad he said no, but she was really, really, really awful. Um, to him, just made him miserable, said he wasn't a man, she needs a real man that can take charge, and just called him anything short of, like, forgive the crudeness, guys, but like a pussy. And that was not cool at all. He was just being really patient with her. So, Sam has my entry. Who's your second? Another one who I feel like sometimes gets a pass because her spouse was also pretty bad is Taylor from D.C. <laughs> Another one who came on here to clout chase, stay out all night, tell us that she's working on the relationship, post those, you know, I don't know why people don't learn. She was one of the originals to be posted on social media in the middle of the experiment. Nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Completely, I don't, I say, I'm not sure if she lied or if they really like lied for her, but they made her seem like she was this really successful professional woman and then it came out that she kind of wasn't yeah not that that made her a bad wife but just an kind of an all-around bad person in some ways is that too harsh yeah i think so i think her she's a lot of things like i would say like the cloud chasing yes is what i would take but bad wife i'm on the fence on that her husband was terrible brandon was terrible so i don't know if she ever had the opportunity to be a good wife but to be honest, I don't care who she would have gotten. I think she would have been pretty bad either way. I don't think she wanted to get married. I think she wanted to be on TV. I think 
she didn't necessarily want to get married, but if she if, if by happenstance they had matched her with someone and they got along, she would have been that would have been an added bonus to it. So who's your last wife? Katie from DC. Man, DC was a deuce. <laughs> <laughs> Katie was so mean, so bratty, and she just called him and then at the end of it all, still cheated on him. She had a, a, a friends with benefits right before and was going back and forth, but still claimed that she really wanted to get married. And she took him on her and she got a really good guy. I just really hate when they get people who are really like serious about the process and then they match them with people who are just like dumpster fires. So, yeah. Who's your last? My last is Michaela from Houston. <laughs> Another one whose husband really sucked too. So it's not all on her. But yeah, very poor self-control. I mean, just, I could, no. The flipping out, it really bothered me. I guess it still bothers me to this day, which is why I'm like, oh, what a terrible wife. Yeah, poor choices made all around. They're just always different uh, way, times where she could have made a different choice. And you're like, don't do it, don't do it. Nope, she's doing it. So... <laughs> Yeah. So did you have any bonuses or honorable mentions? You know, much like how you can't give your burnt ashes to Alyssa because it's like redundant. <laughs> the worst husband of all time everybody knows is Chris from Atlanta. But we couldn't put him on the list because it's like, it's so obvious. Yeah. It's like saying the sky is blue. Like, what's the point? <laughs> I had Ashley from Atlanta who was matched with Dave. But I mean, the thing is, it came out much later. Like Dave is, you know, he has his own issues too. He's just playing Mr. Nice Guy. But she just really, from what we saw, she wasn't giving him a chance. You know that thing when they're not attracted? Oh, what? Alyssa. A couple of people have said that Alyssa reminds them of Ashley. She just wasn't giving him a chance. But I think, I mean, I need she tried with the friends and family she hosted and things like that. But other than that, she just seemed really grossed out by Dave. And it just wasn't pleasurable to watch. Which also makes Molly in that category. But then we find out her husband liked the expert. So I don't know. They're all just caveats, which is why they didn't make the actual list. <laughs> I always feel good about giving Molly a pass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Tane. What is going on on the socials? Okay. Let's start with our lovely listeners. We got a lot of messages about uh, us talking about Noi and Steve's situation with Sushi, Noi's dog. Um, Aid, how did you feel about, you know, the feedback that we received? I knew we had the best listeners in the world. <laughs> I knew we did. But even Tane and I, we're not pet people and we know it, we acknowledge it. So we caveated our opinions about the dog with, with, with that perspective. And yet you, our dog-loving listeners, 95% of you came back and were like, no, you're right. You're <laughs> happy it makes me to be told I'm right. <laughs> I know. We did get one that really made me laugh. Well, it wasn't, um, it wasn't on our side. It was like, it's okay for the dogs to be there, but it doesn't matter if you're having sex because they're going to get annoyed and then turn around anyways and go away. That made me laugh. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks guys for validating us and telling us that no, Noi was tripping. 
<laughs> and, and while, you know, we are always here for minority rights. So there was, you know, a person on our Patreon. Um, one of our special patrons did come and tell us, no, you're wrong. And I would like to acknowledge that side too. She's like, no, dog's important. If dog wants to sleep in the bed, then the dog will sleep in the bed. So there are two sides to every story. The other most mentioned thing, or I don't know if it was most mentioned, but I thought, you know, we would just talk about it a little bit is there's been talk about, you know, some people defend Michael and there's just been talk about, you know, we don't know what Jasmina is doing behind the scenes and we don't know what it is. And we, we can only go by what Jasmina tells us that when the camera was off and to our knowledge, Michael acknowledged it and said it was true. So we're not trying to make him look bad or anything. We're just acknowledging the fact that he might've spoken to her terribly and it's not okay. And with this whole roommate thing, I will take it to the grave. That was a lie. (laughs) Because before we even saw the backstory, I was the first to say, well, maybe he meant just in a roommate context and he wasn't thinking of a romantic context. But after we watched the show, I was like, nope, that was a lie. Yeah, because again, you could have just added the caveats, but oh well. Okay, actual social media of previous couples. Um, Alyssa did an interview. I don't know how valid it is with Distractify <laughs> or something, saying there were other things that she didn't like about Chris, and there was a little girl that something was going on the night of the wedding, and that Chris had no interest in helping the little girl, and he's... And that just one of the things, listen, again, I know we weren't there, but it's kind of safe to say Alyssa is just grasping at straws right now, like anything to make Chris look bad. I mean, the guy just got married to someone he didn't know. That's enough emotions for the day. Someone's going through something. He was probably like, you know, the producers or somebody can take care of it. But for right now, I'm just trying to be focused on what is going on. But mm, who knows? Who knows what happened? I'm just amazed at a person's ability to, like, not read the room. It doesn't matter the time, the place. Alyssa cannot seem to understand that she needs to take some responsibility. And blaming Chris hasn't worked so far. And yet here she is with this stupid interview where she reveals no information that is worthwhile. Still trying to convince us that he's the bad guy and we're just not buying it. Maybe she has to work harder. I don't know. But... It's I'm not buying it. Yep. Speaking of uh, terrible cast, Marla posted a picture in her story having drinks with Ryan. Which Ryan, you ask? Because there's so many in maps. Ryan Ubre, ex-husband of Clara. What are the odds of that? And then why are you posting that if it's not like for people to start speculating and talking about it? Yeah, everything. Uh, it's never ending with the Houston people. Never ending. Fade to black, please. Just <laughs> slide into the night. Fade into the sunset. But yeah, Ryan didn't post it. Ryan didn't say anything. Merla just put it on there and then that was that. So I don't even know where they were. I'm guessing they were in Houston and he came by. But yeah, interesting. Um, Speaking of Gil, who just made AIDS' worst husband's list, this man is hawking tequila. I forget the brand because I wasn't going to help him promo, but he was, it was World Tequila Day sometime this week. And 
he was hawking tequila and is like a brand ambassador or something for it. So ordinarily I'd say good for him, but mm, it's Gil. He's annoying. Good for Gil. <laughs> Thanks for saying it for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> On his way to his career as an influencer. <laughs> Um, Jamie, for the upteen time, told us that she's going off grid. She's going off of social media for three weeks, and she's gonna miss all her girlfriends. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And then Doug chimed in and was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on things that are are going on." <laughs> it is like, okay, next. <laughs> the days I forget that they exist are good days. And up until now, I'd forgotten about them. (laughs) (laughs) Beth from Charlotte did ask me anything. And they asked her who from the current cast she would hang out with. Not surprisingly, she said Lindsay. She said Lindsay is herself, is being herself. And that's the most you can ask for anyone is being authentic. And they're trying to be anybody but themselves. But I've also seen chatter on the internet where people are saying like they're kind of similar. And they remind them of the other. They are very similar, but Lindsay's on another level. Yeah, on another <laughs> level. Um, of course, she was asked about couples cam, and she's like, wouldn't you like to know? And she's like, crickets. She has no idea. Again, we've decided that that show is not coming back. But speaking of couples, it looks like People.com is doing a thing where they're having past couples review the current season. So every week they just give their insight on the past episode and what happened, but only the couples that stay together are the ones that are <laughs> reviewing the episodes. I should go read that. I saw it, but I didn't read it, but I will read that because I'm kind of interested, but they're just going to say fluff. They're not going to say anything interesting. Exactly. And just to give you a hint, it was Ashley and... Anthony one week, then it was uh, Jess and Austin, and then this week it was um, Keith and Christine. Um, And finally, Karen did an endorsement for Philo TV. I promise we are not sponsored by them, but I just found that interesting because that's how I watch um, maps. I use YouTube TV, and YouTube TV does not have lifetime, so it's a pain in the ass trying to watch the show. But I started using um, Philo TV, which I find a lot of people do not know about, so I found it interesting. But yeah, and the caption was um, telling Ali, which is their dog, how mommy and daddy met on maps and still watching it. So I thought that was cute. That's good. That is good, especially knowing that YouTube TV does not have lifetime. And I wonder who else doesn't have Lifetime. So that's actually a good, like, synergy. She should have said, did she say something about how Lifetime is available on Philo? Because that would have been better. Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I noticed. But, I mean, I think that's inferred when she's saying mom and dad watching Lifetime on Philo. And that's how we met or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did answer the question. But, yeah, that's all I got with the social media update. Now on to this episode, which, in my opinion, was pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> it was a lot <laughs> it was a lot um, I will tell you guys that when we um, were speaking about it Aid always trying to sneak in a spoiler I, I don't want to hear spoilers I don't want to I don't want anyone to influence how I'm going to feel about it and Aid is like I should tell you about something because you're going to get annoyed when you hear when I tell you and when you watch it you're going to get annoyed again and I'm like don't tell me I'm Eager to find out what you were going to tell me because there was a scene that got me so angry. 
I was gonna tell you that Alyssa and Chris were back. Oh, that was okay. That was my second choice, but that wasn't it because I expected it. You know, last week I told you guys, look forward to finding out how these producers are gonna stick them on us. So <laughs> that was my second choice, but okay, okay, that's that's so bad. But yeah, it was. You're right. It was a, it was a good episode. I, I mean, I will say this. I don't know the cast is like dynamic per se yet, but so far the show as a whole is entertaining. Like so far, I haven't felt like eight episodes in, I haven't felt like we've had like, Oh, we have had a filler episode. I take that back. I was going to say that, but I think episode three, I think that was a huge filler episode. And we'll probably have another one or two filler episodes, but I don't know if these people are dynamic or their reactions to life are. I don't know what it is, but this is so far. This is what I would call a good season. Yeah. Okay. Let's go in. So we see Elijah actually making breakfast, meaning like, you know, he wasn't lying. Like he does make breakfast every morning. Um, like A just said, I knew it was too good to be true because we are subjected to watching Alyssa putting on lip gloss in front of a mirror in her house, wherever she, it was way too long. For the scene. I don't even know what she was saying. Because I tuned out. Um, And we see Chris telling us that. Alyssa had a zero try in her. And he wants to be with someone. Who wants to be with him. So the episode starts properly. With Stephen Noy. We see Noy working with her screens. um, In their apartment. And I was just thinking. What a pain it must have been. To move like your screens to this temporary apartment. Just for work. Like It just sounds like a lot of work. I'm lazy. (laughs) That is annoying. I hope maybe Lifetime sprung for <laughs> for her setup, but I doubt it. <laughs> so Steve comes out and then he offers to make her breakfast. I'm like, must be nice. And Steve tells us that after finding out that Noi isn't happy that he's between jobs, he wants to do what he can to make sure that she doesn't feel uncomfortable or uncertain about them. Um he said it doesn't involve, he does put the caveat, it does not involve having a full-time job, but he wants to do his part. Um, he comes out with, like, what looks like a really good omelet. Like, I think, like, I, I mean, I've never tasted his food, but, you know, it feels like Steve can throw down in the kitchen. He can make an omelet, yes, yes. <laughs> so they talk about the upcoming housewarming, and he asks if she'd like to incorporate, like, a traditional Lao uh, or Chinese dish um, into their menu. Noi says that food was a big part of her childhood, and she's excited to see their cultures mix. You know, I'm mentioning this because it feels like it was a, a, a foreshadowing that food <laughs> is going to be <laughs> a big part of their <laughs> their marriage in the next... Uh, day or two but um steve also in that conversation we learned that steve is of chinese heritage because he said lao and then chinese and i was like oh okay chinese heritage got it didn't we know that i don't think we knew that i didn't know that oh okay so steve brings up their conversation with pasacal and how he didn't know how she felt And he tells her that just because he's not working, he still feels secure, but he wants her to recognize that he's choosing not to work because he wants to develop himself. Noi asks where she falls in all of this, and she's now his wife, and they need more of a plan, and not the idea that, you know, he can't just be doing him. He reiterates that he has multiple sources of income and would like her to be supportive, and that comes with knowing who he is. Noi tells us that she likes that he's passionate and lives life on his own terms, 
but she doesn't see any action behind the words, and that's what worries her. The more they talk, the more I'm like, this man has money. Please calm down. <laughs> I don't even think Noi was listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> Practicing her responses before he was done because I'm like, what exactly are you worried about? He said he's fine and he has multiple streams of income and he'll be okay. So I don't know. <clears throat> like, so then we if they get a place and rent is due. I'm not worried. I have a feeling that Steve has more money than we even know, but he has not known her for two weeks. So he's not willing to say exactly how much money he has. Yeah. And I kind of feel like it was confirmed in After Party. I, I mean, I, I'm not, like, dismissing Noi's perspective. It's like, well, it's great that you have money, but, I mean, do you have enough to live off for the rest of your life? No, eventually you're going to need to get a job. Yeah. So I kind of see that perspective. But I feel like the show is trying to make him seem more unemployed than he is. And I'm like, Ugh. he kept on talking about priority. I'm like, okay, priorities is bills. You're saying you can pay bills. Responsibility. I'm like, once again, you're saying I pay my bills. <laughs> I don't think the show is trying to make him. I think Noi is trying to make him and is not even listening because... I understand her concerns and you know last week I was on there like you know it's it's scary when you feel like you're not financially stable and she's saying I've never worked but there's a whole difference when you stash that much money that you can actually afford to go off of work for five months like you're working all the time yes you feel secure but you can you live off of um without your salary for five months there's a whole difference so it's knowing not seeing the big picture which I feel is something we learned about her this week. I mean, I've always called her childish, but I don't know. This week, it was like on a different level. I just wish she would take the time to just relax. Like, they haven't gotten to that point, but okay. I do think he's holding back, though. But I understand why he's not giving her a full financial picture. Because they don't know each other yet. But how much more can he tell her that we're good? Like, <laughs> if we get to the point where we're good, like... We know that they talk more off camera. So on camera, I've heard enough where I'm like, okay, I married at first sight. That's going to require me to just kind of trust the process. Like, let's see how it goes. And then when she says she doesn't see any actions behind the words, girl, you've been married eight days. What actions are you talking about? Like, even the month or something, you're still struggling. Then we'll know where you're going from there. So I don't know. So we see a larger one working out shirtless in, I think it was a park. And his friend Jeff, who is the only friend who has agreed to film with Elijah One, his brothers, everyone has tapped out. And we <laughs> just <laughs> Jeff is the only one. He comes by and you know, Elijah One sings Jeff's praises. And he also sings the praises of Katina and then tells Jeff, you know, what Pascal said about sex. Elijah One is different and says that he thinks different because he's worried that once they have sex, he's going to change, especially since he doesn't know her fully. So he's trying to like, just get to know her. So there's some kind of backup, you know, Jeff says that this is the first person that he has ever seen a larger one nervous about hooking up with. And he tells us that Jeff's that the one thing that is shocking for him is that they haven't consummated the marriage. I just think everyone should stop pressuring him to have sex. Like, I don't think sex is a problem for Olajuwon. Like, if he doesn't want to, that's okay. Like, let it be. I mean, I agree with you up to a point. But I feel like what's going on here is Olajuwon is scared to have sex with Katina because most of the people he has sex with, he sort of discards afterwards. So he's scared, like, I'm going to have sex with her and then I'm not going to want anything to do with her like all the other people I've had sex with. I mean, that's what he said. So, so I would consider that a bit of a problem. <laughs> I, 
I don't think that's a problem if he's trying to get ahead of that by actually getting to know her. Because the people he's had sex with, one night stands, not flings, there's not really been a connection. But he's trying to avoid that. And it's like, I'm just going to build a, uh, a connection, have a foundation, so that when we do have sex, there's something in addition to. It's not just the sex that's holding us together. I don't know. I think of it as a positive. Um, Self-awareness. I worry about his psyche. Mm, I mean, even if it wasn't a larger one that was a party person. I think even for the average person, like there's a lot of people who, even when they're dating, they say they don't want to have sex because they don't want it to cloud their judgment. I don't think it's that strange. You know, I don't think it's a, cause I know here's the thing because a larger one has, you know, the reputation, the party boy or whatever, maybe people are looking at it differently, but there's a lot of people who do that. Whereas like, I want to take it slow and I want to get to know you first. Like, no? I'm not concerned that they haven't had sex. I'm not concerned, oh, a large mom wants to get to know her. That's all fine. I think what I'm concerned about is, so do you not have the capacity to have sex with someone and then have a relationship with them afterwards? Like, Katina's like your experiment. The first time you're going to try. So now I'm like, oh, okay, however long it takes. Is this going to work? Mm. Well, we do not agree there. So Jeff asks, if he has any red flags. And Olajuwon said, <laughs> when she went to the store, she came back with bread and water. And he wonders whether she doesn't know how to grocery shop. <laughs> now, Why are you, you know, wondering? She came back with bread and water. That's all the evidence you need. <laughs> Sustenance. That's all you need. <laughs> but you know how you just said, like, you know, you're worried about his psyche. Like, if he uh, has sex, and can he maintain a relationship? I want to know if Olajuwon had food, like, withheld from him as a kid. There's a fixation on food that doesn't make any sense to me. It's like he equates being a wife with, insert any variation of food, like cooking and grocery shopping or anything. I don't I don't know what the correlation is, but how can someone ask you about a red flag and your red flag is that they went to the store and came back with bread and water? I mean, I would wonder if they were an actual adult. Like, do you... <laughs> Not even a frozen pizza. Like, what are you expecting us to eat? Um, But I think the answer is she's expecting them to eat takeout because she doesn't believe in eating food at home, which is fine. It's fine. I think my first thought was, did she even go to the store? Because even if you don't know how to grocery shop, just grab anything and figure it out. But Jeff tells him not to overthink it and that he expects a lot, that he has a woman who cares about him. Then we see Mark hanging out with his friend John and Mark tells him that his favorite thing about being married is that he has someone to come home to. He likes that Lindsay reached out to his mom's doctor to make an appointment for her and that he's never been in a relationship where the significant other helped him when things were on his plate. John says that Mark is usually the first to say, I love you. And is he there yet? And Mark says, no, he isn't. And the first impression was too much for him. And then they had a montage of all of Lindsay's, um, dare I say, entertainment. And then he brings up the plane incident. John says that he doesn't think Mark was expecting to be the one holding back and not be the one to jump in. So now I have a question for you, Aid. When John said that, I thought, do we think what's going on with, well, 
let me caveat by saying like at this point in the episode because I definitely changed my mind by the end of the episode but do we think that what's going on was kind is kind of like an ego thing where listen when we met Mark first of all you're a grown ass man calling yourself Mark the shark you're embarrassing <laughs> on your own like let's not put this all on Lindsay and he was all over the place and he has an internal but then they matched him with someone who was even bigger than him in that department so is this an ego thing where he's like uh we, they can't be two of us you know hogging for attention or is it truly that he just doesn't like her personality The funny thing was, is because the playing thing was not on camera, the examples that they showed, I'm like, is that really that bad? That you would completely, I don't know. But I I don't, the answer to your question is, I'm not quite sure. Um, At this point, I'm kind of like, I feel like you should be trying a little bit harder, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. At this point in the episode. <laughs> yes, at this we're gonna say it, guys, over and over at this point of the episode. Yeah, because I actually didn't think about it until John said that. And I was like, why is he saying that? He was like, I don't think Mark was expecting to be the one holding back. So then if if you're the one who's always out there, why are you faulting someone for something that you are for other people? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so Michael, um, visits his sister Claire while telling us that Pastor Kyle's visit helped him and Jasmina turn over a new leaf. I just want to point out, A, that she had her purse hanging on the door. That is just something I've never seen before, like on the handle of her entry door. I don't know if you noticed it. I did not notice it. I I have not seen it before, but I'm also like, but if you want to grab it before you leave the house, that seems like a good spot. It does, but it also seems like a pain in the ass when you have visitors, because then you have to turn the the knob and all that stuff. It was like a knob, not like a handle, so. Okay. Um, I also noticed, instead of listening to what they were saying, I was noticing the house. Michael has one of the slimmest wedding bands I've ever seen on a man. Like, they're usually so big, but his look like a wedding band, like the same size that it would be on a woman. I've just never seen it that slim on his fingers, so. Um, he updates his sister on everything that went on and she tells him that, you know, they don't know each other and he doesn't know her scars and he has to be patient with her, which was good advice. I really like Michael's sister, Claire, because there's there's so many of them. (laughs) So, um, Chris is back home and he calls his mom via video call and he tells us that this is the most painful thing that he has to tell his mom. So he talks to his mom, updates his mom, and sidebar, if this was his house, this is the best house that we saw so, so far. <laughs> his house was beautiful, and then he, wherever he was talking to his mom, there were, like, beautiful forests in the background. It actually went from day to night during the course of what was supposed to be a short conversation <laughs> that they clipped. That's how you know they edit stuff out. How did yeah. we go from a full, bright sun to deep in the night and we got like three minutes of footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the best part, again, was when he tells his mom that she, like, Alyssa keeps walking away from conversations. And the producers did the, the, the Lord's work and showed a whole montage of her walking away. <laughs> so Chris's mom um, didn't mince words. And she was like, she just wanted her 15 minutes of fame. Um, and Chris tells us that he's pissed off. He also made an error because he said that, you know, they faster than anyone in the history of this show are done. 
And we would like to correct him that Derek and Heather called it quits on their honeymoon. So no, they made it 12. Chris and Alyssa made it 12 days. I don't, Derek and Heather were like day four or something like that. So sorry, Chris. Um, Chris's mom is like, you know, Alyssa probably did him a favor. And, you know, the conversation ends and good luck to Chris. But I, I, I want to say I, at that point, I was like, is this going to be the last time? But nah, they haven't been together yet. So they have to have some kind of weird closure conversation. But we'll see. So Katina's friend Ariana comes by. And she tells her how overwhelmed, you know, she was on the wedding day. And the friend was like, let's talk about that garter situation. And then we see the, the video, the clip of Olajuwon raising up his shirt, whining and grinding and all that stuff. So she asks her friend what she thinks. And Ariana is like, it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, at this point, we could tell Ariana was not a fan. <laughs> Katina, <laughs> Katina once again says, it was a lot, but it was cute. And I don't know, we've seen Katina stick up for Olajuwon a lot. And at this point, we know she likes him, but where's the line between genuinely liking Olajuwon or is she making excuses? And I don't even know why I'm asking seeing I'm, I'm team Olajuwon, but, you know. I did not think this was an example of making excuses. I think even the day of the wedding, she told us she liked the dance. The rest of us were like, her mother was like, uh, no. <laughs> but I actually genuinely believe her when she's like, it was cute. Okay, okay. She just always seems like like a deer in headlights when she's saying these things. Like, and I'm like, I hope you genuinely like believe this, and you're just not like you know covering from because you don't want a lifetime of just always making excuses um, for someone. But anyways, so her friend mentions how Elijah talks a lot and goes off on a tangent, and it was almost like he didn't want them to ask questions. Ariana said something that was news to me. That he had never been with a black woman before. Have we heard this before, Aid? No, we had not. It was a shocker. What is Maps doing? How do you just <laughs> sneak sneak attack that on us? <laughs> um, <laughs> they ask why, and he said that he what he told Katina was that he had never found. No, they showed the clip. I'm sorry. They showed the clip of him saying that he'd never found one that was attracted to him. I find that so hard to. <laughs> That is a lie. <laughs> I'm willing to swear on a Bible to bet a lot of money that that is a lie. I'm just, I'm Tim Olajuwon, but he makes it so hard. <laughs> and the fact that he formed his mouth to say those words, wow, Olajuwon, wow. Maybe, I'm, you know what? I'll give him this. Maybe he didn't know that someone was attracted to him. I find Olajuwon? that hard to, to Exactly. Oh. But... That's a lie. Um, as if that wasn't bad enough, he apparently told the friends and family and thought it was a good idea to tell them, like, because he's never been with a black woman, that he wants to try something new, and this is the something new. Now we know <laughs> this was spliced because we did see that part where the friend was saying, like, you can't, like, marriage is not something you just try. And I was like, I mean, why not? But now it makes sense. Because if you tell me I just want to try a black woman, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Like, on one hand, it kind of, I don't know, it tracks that maybe this was his opportunity to find a black woman. But does that mean, like, during his questionnaire, he said only black women? Or did he say he was open to all races? Uh, you know, 
reason number 557 why we have got to start watching the matchmaking special. Um, <laughs> I truly believe that he went to Married at First Sight and said, I want a black woman. Okay. I think he's one of those. Because, okay, if he said that, because then it tracks. Like, maybe I am attracted to black women, but black women don't find me attractive. But how am I going to get them? And this is my opportunity. I, I don't know. I'm Now I sound like Katina. Like, I'm making excuses for him. But I don't, if the experts knew this information, they were willing to put all that pressure on someone to be like his first black woman. But I don't even know why I'm questioning. They gave someone a virgin. So I. This is malpractice. (laughs) It's a lot. If someone comes to the experts and says, I have never. Now, this I had the same thought that later comes up, which is that Olajuwon hasn't ever been in a serious relationship. So the fact that he hasn't been in a serious relationship with a black woman, I'm like, but how many serious relationships have you been in? Like, have there yeah. been one? Have there been two? Because if it's only one or two, then okay, fine. You never, that's not such a big deal. And I maybe that's the direction we're going in here. Because we'll find out in Unfiltered that he does have a history with black women. It just doesn't include serious relationships. We found out on the show. Katina says it. Next. Oh, she said it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you called it unfiltered, by the way. Of course, I can't ever <laughs> keep his new name. But all this to say, it's I was alarmed, but honestly, by the time Katina was done talking, I was less alarmed. But I still thought, come on, experts, should you have really done that? Yeah. I, I just, I wish everyone could see my face with the next line that I'm about to say. Katina says, okay, this is how he explained it to me, that she's the first black girl that he has been in a serious relationship with, and that he's half Irish and has a mohawk. (laughs) I'm so sad that Ariana cut her off because I really wanted to know where we were headed with this. What, what, What do you think the rest of the sentence was? He's half Irish with a mohawk, meaning that what? That culturally he's not black or something like that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> or blackish. Even if he is, what is he trying to say? Black women date uh, men that are not black. I don't. I what? <laughs> I don't. I don't know where she was headed. I don't even know if I want to find out. But her friend wasn't having it. Ariana was like, "He looks black. He is black." Katina then says, "It gets worse." Me and you know that. And I'm like, again, what are you about to say? He doesn't know that? Because, no. <laughs> so Ariana says, does he? Which just took me out. That made me laugh so hard. <laughs> but my first thought was Katina was trying to say, like, we know because we're black, but um, the, the white woman can't tell that he's black. I don't. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> This is not Katina's finest moment, which was, the, <laughs> I don't know where she was headed with that, but everything was hilarious. Everything was a mess. And Ariana was just like irritated <laughs> by her facial expression. So Ariana tells us that the fact that he's never dated a black woman makes him reluctant for her, but we will see. Katina says it's not a concern for her, but her friend says to her, and she snapped at Katina. I was like, it is a big deal. And I feel it's a good moment to you know for some of our listeners who may be wondering what is the big deal why isn't so i don't know how many people know but in a study 
um, about dating, the least desirable is a black woman, even by black men. We're the least desired across all, you know, races and gender, followed by Asian men. And, you know, I wish Ariana did a better job of expressing why it was a big deal to her. We have a history of black men who think like it's a measure of success for dating white women or dating light-skinned women or biracial women. And it's just, it's just part of like the effects of slavery that has handed down. Like, you know, everyone knows the history of how, you know, the the slaves that got to work inside the house or work outside the house and you're just going to like light skin is the right skin. It's not right. It's not okay. So when you are black and you are making a conscious choice not to date a black, a fellow black woman who's the same skin color as you, there's something deeper about that. And that's why Ariana is concerned. Like you're not going to use my friend as some test tube or some finding out, you know, what is different because it's just really difficult. And then you come and say that you have like a long dating history and you've messed around with people and you're telling me that you just never have been with a black person. I totally understand why that was concerning. I don't know if you have anything else to add, Aid. Oh, uh, no, uh, it's, con- yes. Basically what Tane said about interracial dating, if you will, but it's also a very, um, the part that concerned me is like there are some who get this idea that they will like sow their wild oats outside of the community, but then they will marry inside the community and then they don't necessarily, how do I put this? They feel like they can get away with anything because they're marrying a black woman and the black woman should be like grateful that he even deigned to marry her. Yeah. This will also come up in our Love is Blind episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Different culture, same concept. Um, yeah. But yes. Yeah. I mean, if you look around, especially like in sports, there's a running joke, like with the NFL. I'm a huge um, European soccer fan. A lot of the <laughs> the soccer players there, they only date white women. So it's just like this subconscious thing where it's like only dating white women. And then I think there was a video of someone who actually just said, like, they just want, you know, light skinned children. And it's just like, don't do it. Like, it's not, a, it's everything about it is icky. So, those it's are just some of the Yeah. And regarding what A just said, where it's like, you know, so your wild oats everywhere else and then marry the black woman, kind of like, you know, emotional labor and service, that made me wonder if Olajuwon had been with a white woman, would he still have the same expectations of cooking? For her. Hmm. There's there's just one more fact with Olajuwon is that his mother is white. And we know men marry their mothers. <laughs> so maybe Olajuwon, I don't know, man. But that's just another one. I'm like, uh, if you expect to marry your mother, I guess that's why you're only dating white women. So that's all we had. Um, we'll be right back. And we are back. And everybody is going to market to buy food for their various parties. This week, like this week in Twitter, I learned, you know, that little nursery rhyme about this little piggy went to market and this little piggy did this. Mm-hmm. And finally, someone was like, you know, the piggy went to market to be sold, like to be slaughtered and eaten. I was like, oh, my gosh, never thought about that. Um, <laughs> so to keep our long national nightmare of Alyssa Chris going, Alyssa meets with her friend Caitlin, who couldn't go to the wedding because she was in Iceland. She gives Alyssa a couple of gifts from Iceland. 
people. The exchange rate with the dollar in Iceland is atrocious. That is one generous friend. <laughs> Those two huge bottles, I would not be surprised if they were like 50 or or $100. Because everything in Iceland is so expensive. Wow. Um, <laughs> so Caitlin says, tell me about Chris. And Alyssa said he's not her type physically. And then the things she heard about him. And Caitlin's like, well, that's hard to imagine. Um, and then they talk about how Alyssa heard from his friend that he would pick work before her. And she's not sure that that would sit well with anybody. <laughs> People, these editors are like, you are not going to tell a lie on this man. <laughs> so, so they make sure to roll tape. And that is not what was said. Basically, it's like he works really hard is what I heard. You know, but I would say watching it over again, his friends and family were bad. I still stand by that. <laughs> like, they just said terrible things because she's not wrong. Like, it's not exactly, she, she played a little bit of revisionist history, but the sentiment is still there. Like, he works a lot. If you go somewhere, his phone is going to be on. Like, for someone who likes quality time, that would be a turnoff for me, too. But once again, did you give this man a chance? <laughs> did you give him a chance to perhaps change his ways now that he has a wife? True. Caitlin asked if they ever got the opportunity to have serious conversations. I was like, did the producer ask her to ask this question? <laughs> and then she Alyssa lies. She says they never got to have real conversations. The resort was very small. And that if he wanted to talk to her, he could have found her. And then they show real of her saying, I don't want to talk to him. I, when the crew asks him if she wants to, I don't want to talk to him. When he's coming <laughs> over, I don't want to talk to him. Okay. <laughs> Then Alyssa tells her friend that it wasn't her decision to break up, that she had spent the last few days starting with a clean slate and seeing if they could be on better terms, and he didn't want any part of it. And Alyssa says she didn't feel any effort from him. She downright smirked when she was like, that wasn't my decision. She just loves that she wasn't the one who called for a divorce. It's all about her quest to look like a good person. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm sorry, H. She's a fucking good person. Don't forget that. <laughs> Caitlin says that she wished she could have met Chris. Um, but from what you've told me, the way he handles himself is not the type of man you want to be with. But she caveats with from what you've told me. Mm. Her, friend, her friend seemed a little scared of her. Like, she seemed <laughs> like she was picking and choosing her words really, like, carefully. Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Because she says... And then she started nervously, like, you know, because I've, you know, gotten on you before for being too hard on a guy. <laughs> Is that okay to say? So. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and shame on Alyssa for putting her friend in this position because now she's, like, supporting Alyssa, not knowing the real story. So, But the, I will say this for the friend. She did drop the notion in there that, well, you know, I never met him, but are you sure there's something you didn't do? <laughs> Um, so, um, we see, like, Alyssa being interviewed, and the producer asks her what's next, and she says she's going to move to Texas to find her cowboy, but she'll talk to her psychic before making any decisions. She was not joking. <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline, and I was like, no, she's serious. I don't understand. The psychic told her that on the show, she's going to meet this with an eagle tattoo, whatever tattoo it was. It didn't happen, and she still has faith in the psychic? That's all psychics keep this is how they make their business. They don't have to be right 100% of the time. I mean, maybe she's just like, Stephen Noy and not going to work out. Just wait in the wings, girl. 
<laughs> or maybe she's like, you know, the psychic actually knows what she's doing because there was someone there with the tattoo, but that person just didn't end up with Alyssa. So the psychic clearly is like sorta right. <laughs> Next, Jasmina meets with her friend Sam. And she tells Sam that Pastor Cal helped Mike and her start over, but it didn't fix their communication because they haven't really talked. Jasmina says that Sam has been with her fiance for seven years, so she's a good person to get advice from. I, I, something that is constant throughout the Jasmina and Mike story is that their wedding day was good. Yeah. <laughs> so Jasmina talks about that and that they have a lot in common, but then the honeymoon, he used a tone. She said, don't do that. And he, then he went to, she went to his place and there was the female roommate. And Jasmina says the trust isn't there. So Sam does some liar justification. Oh, he thought it wouldn't look good. Um, and then Sam says basically the opposite, that her fiance comes home and he tells her what he has for lunch. And while it's not the most interesting, she loves to hear it because she loves that he wants to tell her about his day. Which is the opposite of withholding, like, trivial information. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So we, if we could try to get Mike to be more like Sam's fiance, maybe we could go somewhere. Maybe A-OK. <laughs> Sam says, with the conflict, maybe next time you could try something different. And Jasmina said, when he thinks he's right, he thinks he's right. And Sam, like a real friend, says, that sounds like you. Jasmina is not <laughs> amused. <laughs> Jasmina tries to deny it. Sam is like, nope, it's true. She says, you don't admit you're wrong very often. And Jasmina says, because I'm not wrong often. I think the purpose of this conversation was to show us that there's actually hope for Jasmina and Michael because all of their problems might not be Michael. Like maybe Jasmina has a couple too. Yeah, I think that's what I got out of it. It was the first time I was like, hmm, is Jasmina bratty? Because I know they made mention of her being stubborn, but it's like, you know, is it just a little bit more than we realize? Maybe. I mean, well, I like, I don't know. This episode gave me hope again for Jasmina and Michael. I don't really get, I'm glad we had this friend talk because it did reveal that Michael is not the only stubborn person, but it doesn't address tone or volume or anything else. So we'll see. Yeah. I think the one last thing with the friend, um, I was surprised that Jasmina didn't jump down her friend's throat when um, the friend said, conflict will arise because you know that's what caused their first <laughs> fight during the honeymoon <laughs> um so all the couples are having their housewarming party these are some sad parties i think the maximum amount of guests was four yeah. <laughs> it's barely a party um we see steve with more ring pops which was really funny like a reference back to their wedding day but we go into each yeah. couple's party and we start with mark and Lindsay. John and Kelsey are Mark's friends. Um, they're doing a pizza party. Um, Mark says that he thinks it's going to be long, long pause, fun. You never know what to expect from Lindsay. They have a little sign that says, Ma I don't know how to say it, Maher Madness. Oh, I missed that. Because um, that's uh, Mark's last name, but I don't know how to say it. Maher? Maher? Sorry. Mayor? John? No. Bill Mayer. Bill Maher. Bill oh, Maher. Okay, thank you. Lindsay says in an interview that having the friends come together is a dream come true and that all of Mark's friends who she's met are lovely people. In, in the interview, she doesn't seem that enthused. 
<laughs> she gives people instructions on their pizza. At this point, it's just her and Mark's friends. Um, her friends and Mark are in the other room. So Kelsey asks if they're adjusting to living together, and Lindsay says it's hard because he's overwhelmed and stressed. She said they had a thing where he was bottling things up, but Mark really wanted this and was prepared for it, but had a moment of like, oh my God, this is so much. I honestly didn't catch her friends' names. Did you catch their names? No. Okay. So Mark asked her friends for advice about getting her to change her tone or not say things in, in a public setting. I did not love this question. Um, the friends are like, well, you know, trying to get Lindsay to reel it in. You just need to tell her how it makes you feel. I actually liked their advice. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't love his question. What did you think of his question? Um, at this point, I'm really just annoyed with Mark. So I don't know if I'm giving a fair answer. I just think like, stop looking. He's now at the point where he's looking for the negatives. Yes. So. And, and my, I mean, in a way, also, I think looking to control. It's hard because we all know that, well, we'll get to that later. But to me, the question was a little like, well, how can I get her under control? <laughs> Which goes back to her dad being like, basically, she needs someone to tell her to stop. And I'm like, is she looking for a husband or is she looking for a daddy? But then it goes back to my question about the ego, because I'm like, what if he got a reserved conservative person and he was being marked the shark? How would he feel if the person said, um, you kind of need to really back. I don't think I'm a fan of you calling yourself Mark the shark. You're a 38 year old man. You can go by Mark. <laughs> And you need to, you know, stop because I'm a little embarrassed. How would that go? I think, again, I'm sorry to sound like a broken record. What counts against Lindsay is she's too much. I get it. Pastor Kyle told us that a lot. And, again, at this point in the episode, she's just being herself. But everyone seems to be giving feedback to not be herself. How do you go about that? <laughs> or the option is, if you're going to... If you're going to be yourself, you may not work out with Mark because yourself is too much for him. That's fair. Then don't ask for someone with a big personality and because you want, I don't know. I don't know. So, so we go back to Kelsey and Lindsay in the kitchen and Kelsey says, is there anything you want to know? Is there anything she should know? I think she asked Kelsey that. And she, Kelsey says, Mark moves really fast and usually he like starts dating someone is like, let's live together. Um, but he's always been someone's option and no one's choice. And Lindsay says she's ride or die, um, but he seems to be way more worried about others. She's not lying. He's she's not lying. I think he's very concerned about how everyone else um, feels. Mm -hmm. But it also feels just kind of crazy how it feels like they're describing a different Mark. <laughs> Every time they say, like, he's the one who falls in love and he's all over, I'm like, this is not the mark that we're seeing. So she's not wrong when she says, like, it's a different mark and she doesn't think it's his best self and she's not getting the mark that she met. Or that everybody else who he's been with has gotten. Yeah. So um, her friends are back to giving Mark advice about how to reel her in. <laughs> um, but I, once again, I just really think her friends actually gave 
good advice because they didn't say reel her in. They said you should talk to her about how it makes you feel and don't keep it bottled up because then you'll explode and you'll say something you might regret. Foreshadowing if I ever saw it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So next is Noy and Steve and they talk about chicken feet, which made me laugh because I grew up eating chicken feet. Did you grow up eating chicken feet? No. I mean, it was around, but I didn't eat it. I've never eaten that in my life. Okay. But when they were talking about, well, when did you realize that it was weird? I was like, I don't recall that moment when I was like, oh, it's not normal to eat chicken feet. Wait, did somebody (laughs) actually say that? When did you realize it was weird? Yeah, Steve asked Noy, when did you realize that it was weird? Because they're both Asian. They both grew up eating chicken feet. But he's like, so when, when did you realize that wasn't the norm? Oh, okay, I got it. Uh, if he said not the norm, but if he said weird, I'm 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 triggered by Real Housewives of Dallas. That was a whole bone of contention over there. <laughs> Steve really did say weird, though. Yeah, <laughs> not the best choice of word, but okay. Yeah, okay, got it. Um, and I'm like, I don't know at which point I realized. Yeah, maybe it was when I was watching Real Housewives of Dallas. I was like, chicken feet are that big? No, no, no. It was uh, what you call it? Ninety Day Fiance. Chantel, Pedro. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there's a little moment where she's like, how long will it take to make his, I don't know what he's making. Then she's like, it's already three o'clock. And Steve says they're both making homemade dishes from their culture. They're glad to have friends over and see who they are outside of me and her. Um, The food they make looks good. Yeah. Uh, Noi says she's more nervous than Steve is. So the, they sit around with their friends and their friend asks, you guys didn't know each other two weeks ago and now you're married. And they joke about it not being that crazy. And they ask Noi, like, who did you think they would pick for you? And she says she didn't envision anything. She was open. But at the ceremony when she saw him, it was instant relief. And Steve says that he expected moments of awkwardness on the wedding day, but it was effortless. And then we find out that they exchanged gifts and they basically got each other the same gift. Which was cute, but which made me a little annoyed because we talked about how don't they exchange gifts anymore? And now we don't know what was aired or unaired, like, because it seems like this episode, they were just dropping bombs on us, like the whole Olajuwon things. And then I always question myself, is this something I missed or is this something they just never showed before? Yeah, um, yeah. I kind of like them dropping the gift thing, though, because um, I... I believe when we talked about it, I said something effective like, well, there's probably no plot point to the gift, so that's why they don't show it, but I still think they exchange a gift. So here it was like a plot point, something new, not a big deal. I'm sorry, Aid. Since when has that been a thing that Maps has talked about? Like something is not a plot point, so we're not going to show it? But but when you show it, do I care about your gift on the day of the wedding? Unless someone's going to sit around talking about, but I wanted a Nobel Prize winner. Like... Is the gift all that interesting? Unless you find out later, they got the same gift. I'm just saying, they don't care about those kind of things. They will force whatever they want us to watch, whether or not it moves the plot. (laughs) So next up, a friend asks about Sushi's sibling. And Steve says that they're going to have kids, but she has a hard three. And one of her friends is like, what is this about a hard three? (laughs) (laughs) And I was just surprised. I was like, so your hard three is so hard that even like your best friends don't know about it? Okay. <laughs> Steve is like, I'm good with two. I'm open to three, but it's not the number. It's the principle. And he is correct. Yeah. It's the unyieldingness 
about yeah. the topic. Um, but and he's for no damn reason too. Like it's not like she can back up why. Her only reason is I grew up with three, and three just seems to be the number, and that's it. But you're an adult. And then it's like, if you're going to be unyielding about this thing, what else? What other major life choices are you going to be unyielding about? Well, not being a traditional nine to fiver. (laughs) (laughs) Steve says that he lives his life off the cuff and anything's possible for him. So um, Steve goes to the bedroom with Noy's friends and they ask what the future looks like for them in his mind. Steve says, you know, the whole kids having a family is big because it's very important to him. Um, Steve's friends tell Noy everything can be as great as they're making it out to be. And there has to be issues. And Noy says she has concerns and brings up the whole job situation and how she doesn't know his plan. The friend is like, I mean, he has a great network that he can tap into, that his company hires, you know, um, sales engineers all the time. And Noe tells us that it's a little alarming to have a network where you can be employed, but you are just choosing to be unemployed. And then she makes a face. It's hey, just look- like the opposite. It's the opposite. It's like, hold, how did this very positive thing this person says, which is he can get a job at any time, turn into a negative that, oh, he can get a job at any time and he hasn't gotten a job because he doesn't need to, Noe. If he needed to, he would go get one. But I'm just, forgive me if I'm wrong, but he has explained this so many times to her. (laughs) I just, (laughs) I don't, he said that he wants to try, you know, something else, discover himself, develop himself. And he can do that because he has saved. I just know he's really inflexible. And it's just, to me, a little bit of immaturity in there. So her friends talk about finances. I'm actually quite sick of this topic. I'm not going to lie to you. And they talk about how Noi doesn't want to be the primary breadwinner. And because Steve is a nice guy, he doesn't say anything. Because I would have been like, who said she was going to be the primary breadwinner? Like, where, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? But Steve says it's hard when the person you're with doesn't believe in you or accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. So we move over to Jasmina and Michael. They are having a taco party and they're preparing for their party. Um, we see Michael making drinks and Jasmine, um, Michael asks how they're going to entertain their guests. And Jasmina says she has BTS Uno cards. If you guys remember on their wedding day, she did say she's obsessed with the boy band BTS. So the fact that she has BTS Uno cards, that's, that's, that's a love, a deep love for BTS. <laughs> Um, Michael tells her that um, he's super competitive and Jasmina says, oh, so I have to beat that ass one time so you know not to come for me again. I'm like, (laughs) okay. Um, They seem like they're in a good place. It's really light. Like, it's such a stark difference from the last time that we saw them. So good for Pastor Cal. Good for you. Yes, because they're even joking about how, like, things would be bad if Pastor Cal hadn't come. And I'm like, "That's, that's a way to tell that you guys have really overcome. Yeah. Um, I'm with Michael. I'm really competitive at games. It's kind of terrifying. It's like I turn into like a demon, but yeah. But Michael asks if she can imagine how the housewarming would have been if they were hosting this without Pascal's visit, and then they laugh. Jasmina says it's good for now, but it could be better, but she's glad where they are right now. 
they decide to play charades and Michael is being handsy, like just holding her waist and pulling her clothes. Um, Michael said he that he felt like the party went well and he was happy that she wasn't turned off by his competitive competitiveness because they were like just joking around like with the friends. They had like really good chemistry, the friends all me- meshing um, together. Um, they ask about the marriage. Oh, I forgot to mention that Michael's only guest was his sister, Claire. So they ask about the marriage and Jasmina says there's been ups and downs and Pascal whipped them back into shape. Claire asks Jasmina for a tour and they go into the bedroom. Claire says that she expected it to be tense based on what she heard, but it was so nice to see them joking and laughing. Jasmina tells Claire that she likes Michael and that he's sweet and he's a gentleman. And Claire says, like, that's so good to hear because Michael does not know. Like, he tells her that he doesn't know if she likes him. And I'm like, same, girl, we don't know either. This is the first time (laughs) we were figuring out that Jasmina likes Michael. I didn't know that because we were wondering the same thing last week. Jasmina says they have so much in common. I mean, she said that a lot. I don't know what else they have in common besides um, the number of siblings. Or, no, sorry, coming from a, like large a Jamaican family. and Haitian. Yeah. Are they from a large family? She only has a sister, right? No, she has a, a more siblings. But she's never met them. But I think her mom and her stepdad also have more siblings. So. Oh, okay. So coming from a large family and then coming from, like, he's a, he's Haitian, she's Jamaican. But other than that, I don't, I don't know what their commonalities are, but she says that a lot. So she says that she hates that she made him feel that way, like not knowing um, where he stood with her. And she just wasn't in a space of saying nice things to someone that was putting her in a negative space. I admire that level of honesty. (laughs) I'm not going to say nice things. (laughs) So Michael is with her friends, Carol and Cassie. And he says that he's still struggling with what to do the next time they get into an argument and how to maneuver the next conflict. Cassie says, you know, don't default to giving her space. Just be patient and listen. In my mind, I was like, isn't that space? But maybe that's different. Um, they tell her, they tell him that he should just ask her where it went left. Well, they told her. They told him to just be patient and listen, but then they followed that up with questions that you should ask. But I would imagine, like, if someone is mad, the person's like, don't talk to me. So I'm not quite sure what the advice meant. Wing it. That's what it meant. (laughs) (laughs) So they tell him, ask her where it went left, and don't allow things to build up with Jasmina. And I think um, Cassie or Nikki was going on about, like, even when they fight, that they just get petty. They don't even know what they were fighting about, but they just go ham because they're just trying to get at each other, which didn't sound quite healthy to me. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> but um, <laughs> she said it like it was normal, and it was like, okay. So Cassie says that she thinks they're a great match, and they balance each other out. Jasmina tells Claire that she needs to get out of her head and let her stubbornness go. Again, self-awareness. Um, I will say this, Jasmina and Michael's sisters, it doesn't matter which one, every time they're together, it's just good energy. Yes. Michael's sisters are good energy. They are. I don't know why he, what then, why is he not Opposites, you know, energy? you can't have a whole family of the same people. <laughs> this is true, this is true, this is true. 
So we move over to Katina and the Olajuwon. So Katina says that she's excited for the housewarming. And even though her friend's first impression of Olajuwon wasn't the best, she's excited for them to know him for the person that she has met so far. Jeff is first because Jeff, again, is still the only cast member that's coming for Olajuwon. <laughs> um, I guess Ariana had her fail and she didn't show up again. But I think somewhere, I forget which couple, we find out that it's a weekday. Like after work or something, so maybe people couldn't get off work. Yeah. Like so, um, her friends Kara and Nikki, who we have met, I think we've met Nikki, no Kara before at the Kara was at the the brunch, yeah, yeah. So Kara says that you know when she met him, she did not like him, and she just wants to make sure that he's just as invested as Katina is. Um, but my question again is. Why is Jeff the only one filming? Like, why are even not his brothers, the sister-in-law, and all that kind of stuff? Like, why aren't they showing up for him? It would have been nice. But um, they all sit together, and they're all talking. But it felt like Nikki was not having it with her facial expression. <laughs> she basically looked like she didn't want to be there. She was just, like, mm, stone-faced. Um, Jeff and Olajuwon are talking in the kitchen. And he's asking him how she fits in with the family. Now, Aid, I don't know if you noticed that it was the same shirt when they met in the park. So I don't know if it was the conversation was had the same day. Jeff is like, guys, you have me for one day. Do everything (laughs) in one day. (laughs) And that's all I got. But I didn't know if it was the same thing. Because he was just asking how she fits in the family. But you just had a conversation where you were talking about how everything was going. So that was interesting to me. So Nikki asked about the intimacy. And Katina says that they haven't had sex. But you guys, we, last week we talked about how it seems like they don't like using the word sex. She just said, we haven't crossed that the waters yet. Like, oh my God, just say sex. Um, Katina says that they're focused on emotionally connecting, especially him. And Kara says that she doesn't like it because sex is important to Katina and she doesn't understand why they haven't had sex. Once again, everyone back off on them having sex. But isn't that different from the the answer that Katina gave in After Party last week? Yep. She's been saying that she wants to take it slow. And Elijah one has mentioned that Katina is holding back. And I, I don't think he's wrong. So, and even when he said, well, I mean, maybe the two things don't connect. But even when she said that sex is so important to Katina, I just keep remembering the bachelor party where she's like, um, I'm pretty basic. Like, I don't want any wild thing or anything with sex. Like, I just, let's just do regular normal stuff and move on. So the type and the quantity are two very different things. This is true, (laughs) but it's just, she said it before that she wanted to go slow. So I don't know why this friend who was so happy to be called her best friend doesn't know this. Um, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. So Olajuwon sits with her friends and vice versa. Well, she sits with Jeff and they ask her how it's going. And he says she has effort that he's that she's putting effort and he's not perfect jeff says he has nothing but good things to say about her elijah one tells her friends that he feels like she's holding back and he tells her that she needs to let her heart loose they both talk about his short fuse i'm saying this because they were going back and forth in the conversations they both talk about his short fuse at the same time and jeff tells her like you know once he gets there just keep calm he's gonna blow over like don't react um to it which seems unfair. How come he gets oh, to blow up and she doesn't get to? I just... 
let me coach you on how to deal with a grown man not being able to control himself. Throwing a tantrum. Oh my god. <laughs> now the thing is, we haven't seen him do it yet. It almost yeah. makes me think like, is this for real? We're gonna. I'll give him that. We have to see him or hear about him doing this before it's a real issue. But this is like the second time I feel like his friends have coached her on how to deal with a Lajuan. But she said it. She's experienced it. Hmm. That's oh, okay. why she brought it up. And she said, that's what I thought. I just thought I would see from you guys, you know, how it could be um, that making sure that she's doing the right thing or something like that. Um, so Jeff says he thinks that she's awesome and her friends tell him to also be patient with her, which is good because everyone keeps telling her to be patient with him. But there are two people in this relationship and that he needs to be aware of his delivery. Olajuwon tells him that there are many people who say when they met him, he was a dick, but hanging around him, that's just who he is and it's just how he talks. Nikki says that she was worried, but they seem to be doing well and she doesn't really have anything bad to say. They all meet up in the kitchen and we see Olajuwon and Katina kiss. So it was cute. Um, did you have anything to add? No, I found their both visit? the Jasmina, Katina, and the Bavardi is very boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't one of our, the family and friends aren't, isn't one of our favorite um, episodes. But um, we'll be right back, guys, because we are about to get into the explosive quarter <laughs> of the episode. And we are back. <laughs> we get Steve on the selfie cam, and he tells us a story. Um, the story is narrated by Steve and then su supplemented by um, what I like to call the Dateline camera that is in the <laughs> apartment. Noy offered to cook dinner. He thought it was nice because he's been doing a lot of cooking because I think he's trying to be a really good house husband. He's like, mm -hmm. if I'm not working, I'm going to cook, I'm going to clean them or whatever. So he boiled some water and went to the bedroom. And then he came out and he noticed that her noodles were in the pot. So... I was confused. Did he take her noodles out of the pan? That part I didn't quite get. Um, well, I was hoping you could clarify because this fight made no sense to me. But here, what happened was she eats gluten-free noodles, just for clarification, that there were two separate noodles. That's why there were two different ones. And hers was in the pot. His wasn't. So See, I was confused if there were two pots. Was there a gluten-free pot? Um, which he saw the gluten-free noodles were cooking, so he took them out. And then he boiled more water to mm. put his noodles in. And then he went back to the bedroom, comes out, and his noodles are overcooked. No. So he just... <laughs> no. So what happened was, and which I can totally understand why he was so annoyed, because don't tell me you're going to do something nice for me, and I'm here doing all of the work. So <laughs> there are two different pots because she can't eat um, gluten. So her noodles were gluten-free, his were not. They were boiling the water. He comes out, sees that um, her noodles are in, and he's wondering, why isn't mine put in at the same time? And then he puts his in, and then he walks away, expecting like, okay, so you're just going to take over from there. He comes back and then realizes that his noodles are overcooked because she's basically not paying attention. That was my interpretation. And then oh. he very, since we can see the selfie cam, he seems pretty chill. When he yeah. says, oh, you didn't check on my noodles? He even, uh, he even tapped her ass. He wasn't yes. mad. Wasn't <laughs> mad at all. <laughs> and clearly, I think she had some sort of response because he said, you can still check on them though, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then we see, he's like, yeah, she goes to the door, she grabs sushi, she gets up to leave, she doesn't say where she's going. Somewhere in there she packed a bag, because we saw a bag. So he texts, she leaves, and he texts her, like, hope everything is okay. She didn't respond, she won't get on the phone. He doesn't know why she's so upset. <laughs> as, we, as we find out on After Party, he didn't even know she was upset until... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so did you guys eat the noodles? She wasn't mad the entire time? Like, what? I hope even as this man was left alone, he wasn't hungry. Because hopefully <laughs> she left the food. Yeah. So next thing we see is Katina and Olajuwon out in the street in what seems to be a pretty dangerous area. But she says she's bringing in groceries. And then he's like, see, I got my hair cut. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Back up. Why do you think it was a dangerous area? I just thought it was like the outside of their apartment. But I could see two lanes of cars, and I was like, is she in a parking lane, or is she just kind of in the middle? I couldn't tell. Oh, okay. You mean dangerous like the cars? Yes, I feel like oh, there cars okay. that wasn't by her, like, in that second lane. Oh, but maybe okay. that's just the way the parking is at that apartment. Okay. So, it was a very random scene. Good for a larger one, he got a haircut. I think it's one of those things where they have to show us that he got... I mean, she's super affectionate about it, too. So, that was cute. She's like, oh, I love your haircut. It's so nice. Anyway. I mean, maybe they showed it to us because of the Mohawk comment, so now they know he's black? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I he just... did reference Michael B. Jordan. He's like, well, she wants a more Michael B. Jordan type, so I cut my hair more like Michael B. Jordan. All right. Well, he looks much better with the haircut, though, so... I didn't think there was anything wrong with the Mohawk. <laughs> the There's nothing wrong with it, but he looks much better. He just looks more like a responsible <laughs> man right now. <laughs> I disagree, but okay. Um, I don't associate responsibility with haircuts. You're taking it too deep. I just meant like he just looks like, oh, I'm a serious man, responsibility. But I I don't mind his haircut. But I think he looks better just without anything. I just think he looks more handsome with a haircut. So we come back to Steve. He's making the bed. He's on the phone with his friend. And he's like, I think it was about pasta. Which, that took me back to Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. One of the few episodes I've actually ever watched of Vanderpump Rules is these people arguing over pasta. But as far as I know, the pasta was code word for Coke. I was like, it sure so is this was. about pasta? Is this about <laughs> pasta? Um, he says to the selfie cam again, Noi hasn't responded to calls or texts. She won't speak to him, but he's going to keep waiting. Maybe he'll reach out to her again. Dr. Viviana, you know, comes with her little interview talking about leaving at the first sign of a challenge isn't good for our marriage. It's an unhealthy way of dealing with issues and it doesn't help you grow a long-lasting, respectful relationship. So later that day, we we see um, they Noi comes back with sushi. Clearly she's been back for longer than the cameras have been here because she's at home. But Steve asks if she's ready to talk, and she's like, I don't know. Their body language is awful. She's, like, on the other end of the couch. He's on the other end of the couch. Um, Noi says in an interview that she went back to her apartment. She hasn't talked to Steve because she's trying to process what she needs to do about the situation without saying things she can't take back about noodles. I added that. (laughs) (laughs) Steve says to her, I didn't know what was wrong. I assumed it was the cooking. Um, It's been 24 hours. He didn't get a text, but then there's a social media post about what happened. It's very long, but it's basically about learning to say no. Inspirational nonsense. Um, Your life and your relationship and refusing to settle the less, like very vague posty is the post that she posted. And Noy said it was the first time that she cooked. 
and that you would comment on it instead of saying, thank you for making me food. It was rude to her, and it wasn't the first time that comments like that have been made, and that's why it triggered her. And she doesn't like talking about it after so she can process how she's feeling. And Noy says that he would prefer that she handle conflict the way he does, and for her, that's like, I'm not you. <sighs> There's a lot to unpack here. So, for instance, we're, we'll go through the rest of it, but we never actually address, because she said it wasn't just this thing. She said there were other comments. So I kind of wish we could have talked about other comments that have bothered her. Yeah. But this is where Noi is so childish, it hurts. Steve is very clear about how he feels, where he stands, what he expects, and he's very respectful. Till today, I don't know what she is mad at. She never fully like communicated what the issue was, but instead she was just sulking. There's been other things, you've been triggered. That happens to everybody, but sometimes you got to take a step out of yourself. Like, is it me projecting like the past things that have happened or is it this person actually did something that offended me? And if they did, here is X, Y, Z, what you did. And I appreciate it if you don't do it again. But also, if you were married, would you leave your house for 24 hours and ghost your husband? Like, what are we doing here? That is a maths no-no. Go to the second bedroom, say I'm done with you for today. There's so many other options than like, oh, I'm just going to leave for 24 hours. The vague posting on social to me is actually the worst part. Um, but Steve kind of starts a lecture because I guess he thinks he's dealing with a child. He is. He's, he's like... <laughs> There's healthy communication. There's unhealthy communication. You gave me the silent treatment. That's not a healthy response. Like, why don't you say, I need me space or give me the opportunity to say something. I'm not, so I'm not just sitting here like she's mad. So I'm going to wait for 24 hours. And then I see her post on social media telling her friends, like, what do you mean by space? <laughs> In this time, I feel like noise started leading further and further away from him. <laughs> I didn't notice. I just noticed her face. Her face was just, she was squeezing it. She did not want to be there or talk to him. Not at all. Um, and then he says, you shouldn't have posted that this relationship is not working. Like, we haven't even talked. He's sorry for upsetting her. But do you know how many of his friends and family follow her and saw that? And now they're going to come to me and I have to be like, well, I told her. <laughs> well, I told her how to cook pasta. And she's saying this relationship is not enough. And this is like, there was a switch where obviously, you know, Team Steve on this one most of, mostly with the information on hand. Mm -hmm. But there was a switch for me where I was like, Steve, you have gone too far. You are now lecturing. This is like, I'm not seeing her say anything or have an opportunity to talk. You're, you're lecturing her like she's a child. And he's like, do you think that's okay? And she says, probably not. And he says, definitely not. And that was just a very daddy moment to me. It was, I hear you. But have you ever been in a situation where you're talking, expecting a response, and the person isn't talking, and you feel you just need to keep going and going? I think that's where Steve was. She wasn't giving him much, and he just kept going. And, you know, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he wasn't just, wrong about any of it. I'm going to go back again. I'm so, I really don't like the social media posting. It's very immature. Yes. Don't put your business out on socials. Talk yes. to your husband. It's also like a, it, it's hypocritical. You can't say you needed space from talking, but you go on social media and he, like he rightfully said, friends and families can know about it, but not the person involved. Like, 
what sense does that make? The whole situation made me so angry. And it's like one of the cardinal rules in relationships. Listen, if your significant other pisses you off, just know who you're telling because you tell them something and then you're the one who forgives them and goes back. They're going to hold it against them forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is your end goal here? But again, like a child, she's thinking short-term vision, not long-term. So. Do you think this fight was about noodles? <laughs> it, I refuse to believe that it was about noodles. But I will say this. When she said there were other things, um, that's when I thought like it was probably a buildup. And it just came out, you know, it came out with the noodles. It boiled over, no pun intended, <laughs> um, with the noodles. Because Noi, again, I talked ad nauseum about her being immature. And you now mentioning him being very lectury. I can see situations where he's probably saying, this is how you do this. And she thinks, like, do you think I'm not smart enough to know this? And you're talking to me like, you know, I don't know. And this is the first time that she's cooking. But on Steve's, from Steve's point of view, you're cooking for me. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of, you know, effort being put into it. I think where Steve messed up was Steve should just let her do the cooking the way she wanted to. Like, don't go in making comments like, oh, yours is in there. Oh, it's boiled over. Oh, it's too soft. Oh, I can have it. That's a little bit too much. So just stay, enjoy the meal that she's cooking for you. Even if, you know, she wanted to cook hers first. I'm I'm in his mind frame where I'm like, if you're cooking mine, why don't you just cook uh, your, mine and yours at the same time? But just let her do it. Maybe she wanted to do hers first and then concentrate on yours. But you kind of ruined her rhythm. But at the end of the day, sometimes the way you react overshadows whatever grievances you had originally. Because you can't also just walk away for 24 hours because you're mad at noodles. Come on now, <laughs> Noah. And if it's not noodles, then you need to say, it's not noodles. It's because you ain't got it. no job. You ain't got no job. <laughs> she snuck it in there, and then we didn't hear a word about it. I just, the fact that she didn't apologize, I really got on my nerves. Like, Steve is out there apologizing. Steve is always conceding. And I'm like, this is not sustainable. Steve is not always going to just, like, try to compromise, try to compromise. And you're just there with your hard threes and hard noodles and hard everything. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, Steve apologized for whatever he said while she was cooking that made her. He, he was like, I'm sorry. Even while he was lecturing. I'll give Steve two points for that. Yeah. So. Um, before you go into this, I had this song, this TikTok song that's been like, I've been like, now let's get to the good part. <laughs> this <free. laughs> oh, I love a good mass fight. So, first we see Chris. I'm like, why is Chris here on our screen in the show? And he says things. <laughs> I don't know what he said. Um, but he says they're going bowling and they're going to tell everyone, being him, they being him and Alyssa, that they're done. So that should be fun. <laughs> Jasmina and Michael say they're excited to see the rest of the couples. Um, they talk about they talk about bowling. <laughs> um, and the whole group is there now. So everybody's sitting around and they're talking about bowling. And Michael says that he has bowled in a trophy league. And, and Mark says that he has trophies. Um, Jasmina was the one in the bowling, no? Oh, I thought it was Michael. Wow. Well, girl, do you see Michael goes to bed at seven? Oh, is it nine? I, <laughs> I think know. it was Jasmina. I couldn't okay. remember, but I thought it was Jasmina. Um, Noi mentions that she's upset about their disagreement, but and it's hard to put on a good face, but, you know, 
Steve says that they have their problems, but they don't talk about it in front of the other couples. Five snaps for you. Mm-hmm. But do you think the other couples don't follow Noi on the Instagram, seeing her post her vague post stories? Mm, good point. And then I noticed that this is pin bowling, which is, like, different from regular bowling. I think it's harder because the ball is smaller and the pins are smaller. Mm. Olajuwon and Kadena have some sort of conversation about cheerleaders, pom-poms, and jerseys, and her cheering him on should he ever join a bowling league. Next up is, <laughs> is the group. And we know in the group, we've seen the previews, so we're just waiting for things to go wrong in this group setting. Lindsay loudly proclaims to everyone, let me talk about how I gave this guy his first taco. Mark had never had a taco. Everyone is in shock. I was in shock. I, again, (laughs) not shaming anybody. Like, I mean, I know you just assume everyone's had a taco, but I just, why is this man called Mark the Shark? Like, he just sounds like he's like the, you know, experienced things and living life and all that. That was pretty shocking for me, but that's my bad. I built up a whole persona based on someone who calls themselves Mark the Shark. I don't care what you call yourself. In the year 2021, in the United States of America, I would assume you've had a taco. The same way I'd assume you've had a burger. Like, how? Why? I'm glad Lindsay introduced him to a taco, but I thought it was hilarious. It really really was. And for anyone wondering why 8 said 2021, that's when they filmed. She knows it's 2022. (laughs) (laughs) This has been the greatest year for me in terms of actually writing down 2022 when I need to. I mean, you're forced to. There's way too much going on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they did show the video of him eating the taco and being like, oh, my God, this is so good. I'm like, (laughs) really does a taco. So cute. I like that he enjoyed it. (laughs) Now I want a burrito. Mm. I would take just a taco, you know. (laughs) Jasmina says, look at your wife introducing you to things. Did she blindfold you, Steve asked? (laughs) <laughs> Lindsay says she would. Let's take it to the bedroom. And then Katina's over there making faces. Now, I'm going to tell you that that wasn't so bad. Steve is the one who said, did she blindfold you? I understand that she made it sexual, but it wasn't like raunchy or something. She just said that. And I just think, I don't know if the looks were edited, but I didn't think that was so terrible. Agreed. In an interview, Katina says, read the room. Like, no one cares. <laughs> um, okay. Then Katina says, Olajuwon never leaves the toilet seat up. And Noi starts talking. And then she, uh, Lindsay leans over to Mark and is like, you're about 40%. She doesn't say it out loud to everybody. Mm-hmm. Then Lindsay literally wants to stand up and make a speech about keeping the toilet seat down. But before that, Steve was asking whether the reason why people wanted the toilet seat down was sanitary or for comfort. Jasmina does a great job of telling Lindsay, like, Steve's not done talking. Let him finish his question. She argues a little, but she eventually sits down and shuts up. So then Katina says something about how she doesn't want to fall into toilets. There's a whole discussion. Jasmina says, I've fallen in toilets before. And then Lindsay gets to say her speech about how, as a nurse, she knows that the poop goes everywhere. Poop spray if you leave the toilet seat up. Riveting stuff, people. But, you know, <laughs> I, I truly believe... I, I'm with Lindsay. Put put the whole thing down before you flush. I watched a 2020 or something, literally, like, 20 years ago, and it showed the the blue light of the, the germs coming out, and I was like, fine, then I'll shut the toilet. 
So then whose bright idea was it to have a toilet like in the whole bathroom situation? Why not just like a toilet by itself? But that's a whole different discussion. I'm just I'm grossed out. That's why. In newer houses, they have those throne rooms. And I think that's a great idea. Mm. Um, so Alyssa is here. She and Chris arrive separately. Oh, sorry, Aid. You forgot to mention that these couples were acting like they have no idea what's going on. They're like, where's Chris and Alyssa? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know your group chat told you like the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Michael has his popcorn ready. He can't wait to see. He's not sure how their relationship progressed. Jane doesn't believe Michael. She's like, he's on the group chat. <laughs> Chris and Alyssa come. Chris tells us that it won't be easy. Um, but they sit down and Lindsay asks everybody how their visit was with Pastor Cal. O talks about how Pastor Cal says he learned, taught him about talking at somebody versus talking with someone. Like that's the same advice Michael got. Katina makes a joke about how he didn't have nothing to say to her. And Lindsay makes a little side comment to Mark about how that's saying something. I don't know what that could possibly be saying, but okay. Jasmina and Michael talk in an interview about Katina and O being great together. Yeah. She's like, they're not funny, but they find each other funny. And that's all you need. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jasmina very honestly says, Pastor Cal ripped them a new asshole. Mm -hmm. Um, he told them to leave things in the past and she says since we did that things have been fine Lindsay says and this is key she says she read somewhere that you can't have intimacy without conflict because then you learn how to respect each other and then she sees Katina rolling well it wasn't really an eye roll it was a face so she says why are you rolling your eyes at me and Katina says don't talk to me you just stay over there and then everybody shuts it down and peace is restored again. <laughs> I told you, Lindsay, Lindsay's had too much therapy and she's just <laughs> spitting them words out. So Chris and Alyssa look at each other and he says, you are me. And, and Alyssa says, you. So Alyssa decided that Chris should be the one to tell them. So Chris says, when Pastor Cal was there, they landed on getting a divorce. And he said, you know, us not being together leads to maximum happiness for both of us. <laughs> Alyssa again starts, she hates the situation they're in. It's super real for me. It's hard to talk about. She starts crying. People start discreetly giving each other looks. She <laughs> says, I know I tried my best. Lindsay's <laughs> over there trying not to openly laugh. <laughs> they play some clown music. <laughs> and Alyssa says she wanted it really bad. <laughs> In an interview, because as Tane would say, Olajuwon is a confessional thug. (laughs) (laughs) Olajuwon says, Alyssa tried to say she put in the same amount of effort. that He's put in a lot of effort. He doesn't agree with that. And he feels bad for Chris. Um, Chris in the group says, you know, he wants to see everybody else go all the way, four to four. And they all cheers to everybody else going all the way. (laughs) Lindsay in an interview, which by the way, in this interview, Lindsay's hair looks great. Lighting plus color, it just looks really good on her. And she's wearing, like, green. And she says that she's surprised Alyssa came on the honeymoon and stayed. But she guesses that the weather was nicer in Puerto Rico than in Boston. (laughs) At this point, everyone else is still playing. Well, the guys are playing. The women are sitting together at the table. And Mark says to Lindsay, he didn't like her saying anything. And it's kind of weird because in the background, I was like, why are all those people hustling? 
I'm like, is everybody else leaving? But then I realized that the camera switched side to where they could capture Lindsay and Mark's conversation and all the production people who were standing there needed to get out the way so they could shoot this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He says he didn't like her saying anything and she says she likes to be direct. And I think she says, if someone is rolling their eyes at you, you can call them out. And then Mark says, but I don't like it when you do that. Don't do that. So Lindsay says, Mark, who are you here for? What did I do that upset you? You watch this woman roll her eyes, and he says to her, this is a team, and if you can't get that, this isn't going to work. At this time, my thought is, oh, my God. Mark is such a people pleaser. Yeah. And Lindsay is such the opposite of that. Everything is fine, but he still wants to make a case out of it because he's upset that other people around were not happy, and he can't have that. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you are on that side of the fence because I'm like, Mark is such a good guy that it's irritating. I, mm-hmm. And when I say good guy, it's like Mr. Nice Guy. All the people are always concerned about what people think. In this case, I don't give a fuck. You have your wife's back. Like, just, she was talking and then someone rolled their eyes at her. He's more concerned about pissing off Katina, who is not your wife. Like, Lindsay is a lot of things, but it's getting irritating at this point because you would think that Mark is perfect. For all the things that, you know, she is, she's been there for him. So I do want to say that when I was watching this, I was so pissed off that I, I called my husband and I'm like, I need to put a scenario in front of you. If we went somewhere and I'm saying something and someone rolled their eyes at me and I said, why are you rolling your eyes at me? Would you be mad um, that I called them out? Like, what are you going to say? He's like, what am I supposed to say? You asked him a valid question. Why are they rolling your eyes? <laughs> I was like, did what? you tell this man that his marriage hung in the balance of the answer to this question? Of course not. I, I got to get the truth. Thing. I was like, no, it wasn't. Because, I mean, I feel like my husband doesn't like, um, like, he just feels like you need to pick and choose, like, when you're going to do conflicts. I wasn't sure where he was going with that. But it was like, but it was a valid question. And then I told him what happened. And he was like, oh, whoever this man is, he doesn't like his wife. That's why. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that makes sense. It was like, because regardless of what it is, you're going to have your wife's back. And like, if nothing else, if you're mad about it, you wait till you're home. And then you say, hey, maybe next time you do this and blah, blah, blah. But if he's just really mad about pissing off this other lady, whoever, this man has no idea who these people are. I'm just <laughs> creating a story. He's like, yeah, then the man probably doesn't like whoever this woman is. And I'm like, well, I mean, that makes, that tracks. That tracks. So, um, yeah. She, I mean, anyway, I, I, I thought it was at this moment. <laughs> I was, I was. The problem with being Team Lindsay is that she very quickly will make you feel like you were on the wrong side all the damn time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she starts going off. Um. But because the problem is, yes, she has no tact. And then when he talked about her making the group uncomfortable, who was really uncomfortable? Yep. You. You. I don't really think the rest of the group, like, Jasmina, I think, has figured out how she wants to deal with Lindsay, which is not letting Lindsay do whatever the hell she wants. Mm-hmm. But, you know, having her boundaries and, you know, calling her out and being like, you didn't let someone finish talking. I don't think, I don't anyway. I get that the whole group is on edge when Lindsay whatever, but I don't know. I feel like Mark really overreacted. This is really what I I don't know if you remember the episode where he told her he wants to pull back. Mark wants to be liked by everyone that Lindsay is a liability. We're not going to be the lovable 
perfect picture perfect couple because she's always going to do something and now every time she walks in the couples are going to be like oh here they go again the sharks that's not his last name right <laughs> it's <laughs> like, mar remember mar yes i know but <laughs> i was going to um so that's really his issue because I, at the time I was like, oh, somebody must have said something and then he's, he turned his mind around. But that's what it is. He wants to seem like, you know, the nice couple, the nice everything. And that's unfair. No one's perfect except her flaws if you like the good. Stop expecting like this angelic, perfect people pleaser like yourself. And I also think like if it was every social situation, like we just saw, you know, the housewarming party. It's. I get that with this group, Lindsay does not gel. But yeah. I would be curious, like, is it every social place that you go to this happens? Or is it just this particular group where she clearly has pre-existing issues with one person in the group? Yeah. And and it's, um, the argument could be made that she feels more comfortable with them. So she makes the jokes that she does. Because, she, like you said, she doesn't do it in front of his friends. In fact, the two encounters we've seen, they've gotten along well with his friends. Yeah, but next, after, you know, that. We say all this, and then. <laughs> and then, he starts walking away. Well, no, he doesn't start walking away. First, she says, because the last thing he said to her is, we're a team. And she says, I'm not a team for you when I put on my hazmat suit and give on a day of work to help you move past your chaotic life. And then he says, we're going in the past. And he starts walking away. And she yells after him, call your mom. See if she can let you in tonight. And he tells her, have another drink. Oh. <laughs> this I did not like. If you're upset with this man for telling you to shut up, then keep it there. You don't need to go into... This is, this is kind of what I expected to happen. Lindsay is kind. Lindsay does things for you. But when push comes to shove, she's ready to hold it over your head. Yeah. This is why people who have PTSD from asking for help, this is why. They just hold it over their head. And we've seen, and I think he's mentioned, that she can be a little condescending. So, all that together. And then things really devolve into just madness. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mark is sitting on some stairs. So, Chris comes by, and he says he can't do this anymore. Mark says that she can't let things go. And... She can't not speak up, and I feel like she would if she would just walk away, and this isn't what he wants in a wife. Chris says, well, at first he says she had to jump in, and Chris says it's an impulse control thing. And Mark says it's a pick and choose, and she picks every... No, I'm sorry. Chris says it's a pick and choose thing, and she picks everyone. And Mark agrees. Lindsay has gone to the bathroom. Producer Lauren, who she calls Lo, has followed her into the bathroom. And Lindsay is just talking. She's dumb. Her husband's an idiot. She's sorry that you're not a strong man and you can't speak up right now because your life is in crisis, but I'm accepting you with all your flaws. Not once are you congratulating or thanking me. Real talk. He makes 60K selling gym memberships. (laughs) She's like, what does that have to do with that? All right, little boy, let me teach you how to be a badass bitch. Verbatim, people. (laughs) And Lauren's trying to calm her down. You're still miked. You're still miked. like Lauren if you're really doing your job you gotta keep on going Mark says that everybody was pissed the whole night and that they were pissed because she won't shut up I don't think that's true he projected oh everyone's uncomfortable it has to be about Lindsay Mark says he's not afraid but it will cause a fight and he's trying not he's not afraid to tell her is what he means he's not afraid 
Um, I, you know, I don't know about that word afraid. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> questioning whether Mark is afraid of Lindsay. He is. Okay. <laughs> He's trying to get to know her, but he can't get to know her because he can't catch feelings because she's like this. Next, we get second producer in the bathroom. Double team. This one's Jen. <laughs> Lindsay is not coming out. I hate my, quote, I hate my husband. He's a pathetic loser. I'm all in. Tell me what other wife will be cool with this, supporting you through all this. Sure ain't Alyssa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lindsay. Lindsay. (laughs) You had the upper hand. You had the upper hand. And then Mark is talking to Crystal. And Mark says, it's like, we just have very different personalities. She's very nurturing to me, but we have different personalities. Okay. Then Lindsay's still going in that bathroom, still mic'd. But she's getting louder. <laughs> um, so she starts screaming about a hazmat suit because he doesn't have his shit together. That's the moment where Chris and Mark hear her. I don't think they can hear what she's saying. I think they yeah. can only hear her being loud. Yeah, I agree. So she's still going off about the hazmat suit. <laughs> which, to be honest, that would bother me the most, too. Um, <laughs> but all she needs is an orgasm. But he wants to pull it back. I'm not emotional right now. This is her mocking him. Why? Because you have small balls? And the producer says, there's good there too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see it right now. You've literally pushed me. So have fun living in your roach-infested apartment with your income. I'm going back to South Boston to live my life. I don't need you here. Where are you going back to? Your mamas? (laughs) (sighs) It was bad. It was so bad. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like, Lindsay, you had, we were on your side. (laughs) But why did you need to talk about this man's money, his balls? She even had some kernels of truth in there. Like, yeah. I think it's funny that she attributes him not being willing to stand up for her to his, where he is in his chaotic life. Um, I don't think the two are related. I think that's just who he is. Yeah. I think maybe she's still even trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but this is the type of thing where I'm like, there's no way you guys are going to survive. Because there even if you no made way. it to decision day, if I saw this, I am not staying with you. There is no way. But I mean, the preview for next week, they're laughing in the sun. So <sighs> he didn't know that she was talking about his 60K and his small ball. So yeah, but he knew she was yelling. And she already told him, go call your mom. Twice. Oh. She told him to call his brother twice. Yeah, both times I was like, is it his mom that's sick or the landlady lady? I think it's his mom who's sick because she does have a, I think she's out of rehab maybe at this point. Um, a rehab center, which we talked about, is like a step down from a hospital, um, but a step up from a nursing home. So I wonder if she's in her own place now. So that's where he could go if Lindsay kicks him out since he does not have a place to live. Oh, I doubt it, though. He said she couldn't take care of herself. I, I, I hesitate to think she would be ready in just eight days. Who knows? But she keeps on saying, go back to your mama's. <laughs> that's mean. Just see, you don't use vulnerable things that people have told you in a fight. And if you don't know how to fight clean, I... Ugh. No. And you're not even fighting with him. You're just yelling at people in a bathroom, losing your yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not a whole lot to... I mean, th- there's so much there that she said. Um, but there's really not much to say about it. It's just mean, nasty, and unnecessary. I think the, the 
the not the best part about it was an after party when Chris says this is the norm. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, oh, it happens all the time. Usually they call me. I'm like, what do you mean usually? <laughs> so yeah, man, there's a lot we don't see though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they shoot a lot and there's only so many hours, but I'm assuming, do they not have, is this the first time this has gone this bad on camera? Because I'm sure if they had it on camera, they would have showed it to us. Their last yeah. fight wasn't great either, but she didn't have as much ammunition then. Yeah. Oh, also one last thing, when they were doing the have another drink, you go to your mom. I don't think anybody else was around to see it. They made it seem like it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know if other people saw it. Okay. The whole production was there, and that's what made me think everybody is still bowling and sitting around. But maybe every if everybody had left, then why would they still be there? And Chris was still there, so I don't know. Okay. No, I mean, they were there, but not, like, within earshot or in that vicinity or something. I didn't see anyone. Like, I feel like they would have shown, shown us them making faces or something <laughs> like that. They like showing us that. <sighs> this is a crazy episode. It was, like, really normal. And then we had noodles and this. And it was like, what? <laughs> noodles and 60K. Oh, Lord. That made me wonder, like, Lizzie, how much do you make if you're going to mock someone who makes 60K? So rude. <laughs> it is rude. Okay. Tane, who has your bouquet this week? You know, I had my bouquet, but as we spoke on the episode, I think it switched. I originally was going to give it to Claire because she just had good vibes. But my bouquet is going to Steve. You know, Steve has been very accommodating. Steve has been emotionally intelligent. You make a good point about him preaching to Noi, but eh, my brain is not accepting that. I think he was just (laughs) stating points and he was right. And the man, you know, has been cooking all this while and this is the first time you want to cook for him. You know. And you don't make sure his noodles are cooked right. Cooked right. Should have cooked his first. I mean, you know, he budged on sushi and hard three. That's the least you could do. Don't freeze a man out and don't put things on social media. And he still apologized. <laughs> so, yeah, my bouquet goes to Steve. Who has yours? Mine goes to Jasmina and Michael. Oh. I feel like they had a great recovery this week. And I just think when you're able to joke about what Pastor Cal said to you, apply it to your life. Be honest about where you're coming from and your faults. They're keeping my hope alive. And like last week, I was like, oh, Lord, this is over. But uh-huh. they gave me hope this week. So, Jasmina and Michael. Okay. That's fair. Who has your burnt ashes? All right. My burnt ashes goes to two people. The first one, it goes to Noi. Hey, inflexibility, the freezing out, the social media. Noi, do better, please. And I had to give it to the second person. I cannot let... Katina get away with the fact that she said you know he's half Irish and he has a mohawk I don't know what the end of the sentence is but she gets my ashes for that because it couldn't have gone anywhere that made sense so who has yours Mark and Lindsay Mark because you can't sit there and stand up for your wife and then you're gonna berate your wife for standing up for herself yeah that's not cool not cool there were so many options for ashes (laughs) (laughs) um but also Lindsay because yeah too far too much too far and I feel bad 
that she probably goes through life, people telling her you're too much, you're too this, you're too that. Yeah. But it's true. And it's, like, very destructive to yourself. Like, (laughs) you're on camera yelling in a bathroom about someone's personal business in a very rude way. It's not cool. You didn't have to end up there. Yep. Agreed. I mean, I do have an honorary mention for Noi, but you covered it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that's it for this week. You can find Tane with Nana on the Rewatch podcast, where they're rewatching Sex in the City season by season, and they are just wrapping up season four. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Yes, we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are working on adding um, some other mediums. I know somebody reached out um, about getting out to Stitcher, so we have that in mind. Thank you for letting us know. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Please subscribe so you don't miss a new episode. And please give us a five-star rating, if you can, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Hope to see you here next week. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.